0: Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association, a podcast about woodworking from folk who woodwork. Woodworking is what we do, who we are, and what we like to talk about. So join us as we have a drink, sit around, and talk woodworking. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this, the
1: 90th edition of the Modern Woodworkers Association online discussion about all things woodworking. Our guest today is Mark Hicks of Plate 11 Workbench Company. How are you doing, Mark?
2: I'm doing great. How are you guys?
1: Good. How are you doing, Diami? I'm doing well. All right.
0: The gang's all here. I guess we can jump right into it. Deyami, What you been up to? Oh, well, it's sad to say the only thing I've done in my shop since the last time we recorded is edit the last recording. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I've had, uh, I had a weekend away, and then last weekend was my wife's birthday, and work has been work, and kids have been kids, and I've not managed any shop time. So not a lot of much going on here.
1: Perfect. I haven't been doing much more than that,
0: but um
1: making slow progress. about the same thing. I'm busy doing a lot of other things than being able to be in my basement. But um started putting a couple uh, coats of poly on the trim I'm putting up. And I've been thinking, debating internally, mm-hmm. between cutting the miters with my Compa miter saw or by hand. And I actually thought I went on a run today after work. And I was thinking about it, and I was like, you know, I, I've never made an uh, angle for a shooting board to, to like refine that angle. Because the only thing I'm worried about is cutting that angle, is getting it right, to making a tight joint. So I think I might try that just to and add an wh- accessory. What's the project? It, I'm just trimming doors. Trimming so doors. Case okay. molding.
0: Okay. You know, it's nothing fancy, but it's got to be a good uh, I thought you said years. decking, and I was just trying to wrap my oh. head around how are you going to use a shooting board in decking. <laughs> well, even so, that's, that's the other thing
1: that came to mind. I was like, I'm going to support an 82-inch long board and try to trim a
0: miter on it, so that'll be fun. See, I if you can do it with a shooting board, that kind of <laughs> trim work is is all the better for it and, and good on you. Uh, but personally, that's why I have an infinite capacity on one side of my miter saw is so yeah. I never have to shoot that.
1: No, I, and I've got a collapsible stand on my miter saw. It works really well. I, can, I know I can go out there and do it in two minutes, but I kind of like the challenge. How many doors? Two. Oh, do it by hand. <laughs> yeah, four four miters. I'm done. I'm good. Or six. Um, not that bad. Um, and otherwise, I have a house full of sick people.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, despite <laughs> despite getting, we all got the flu vaccine, and literally the day that I heard that. How wildly successful? Well, sixty percent effective. The flu vaccine this year was. My wife, a care provider, a nurse practitioner, mm-hmm. uh, texts me at work and goes, "I feel like crap." I'm like, oh great! I come home and she's <laughs> she's hidden under three blankets, oh, and uh, tested positive good. for influenza B the next day. And my son this tonight was looking a little sluggish. He was reading before dinner, and he gets to the dinner table and just is hanging his head take his temperature 102 degrees. Awesome. Now, just awesome.
0: When your wife got influenza, that was how long ago? Friday. Oh, okay, so, <laughs> so 4 days ago. Um, is she is, out from the blankets yet?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, she's better. Um, and I just talked to her and I said, "Well, technically, you're immunized." She said, "I'm double immunized. I got the <laughs> shot and I've got the antibodies from the actual, you know, virus. So, I'm good for for that version." But uh I'm 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 hiding I literally I for the best reasons I slept on the couch Friday night <laughs> so you're you're gonna spend this weekend in the three blankets aren't you I might I'm hoping not. I really hope not I hate being sick but anyway that's that's hardly related Mark <laughs> yes what are you up to now I've seen a lot of cool stuff lately
2: well uh there's Brilliant. a boatload of stuff in and out of the shop right now there's uh a large run of uh curve front bedroom pieces, case pieces that are, I think there's 14 of them that have to be done in this batch. Um, wow. yeah, it's, these are orders that I took over a year ago that I'm finally getting around to, um, for some local customers. When I, I did a shop move over the course of the last year and, when I announced the move, you know, I sent out a letter explaining that we were moving and they all assumed we were closing. So, um, they, they, they ran in and ordered a bunch of stuff and we got, I got backlogged a year just almost instantly. Oh my God. Which is, which is a little bit of reassurance going into a period of time and you don't know how long you're going to be able to earn some income. (laughs) Um, Mm. so those people are now getting their furniture pieces, uh, finally.
0: So if things slow down uh, again, all you need to do is move.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I I I'd grad, gladly trade all that stress for a few little bit of work.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what is but, that called, uh, uh manufactured scarcity or something like that? When you like yeah. threaten yeah. threaten that you're not gonna be able to do it?
2: Well, I'm almost at a curved drawer front, so that might be a good a good way <laughs> to clear up <out> some orders. <laughs> I have to I have to bring those in two hundred and fifty at a time and that's like a ten year supply. Mm. So <clears throat> but uh uh it's nice to not have to do all the bending. So
1: that's cool that you can get those kind of pre made. Yeah.
2: yeah, there's a company in Tennessee called Burns Wood. And uh, their logo is if it's bent, we did it. And uh, <laughs> they uh they do bent laminations. Uh they have a, a catalog of stock pieces. Uh the curve that we use for our drawer front, we own it. So we own the mold. Oh cool. And they'll only make it for us, but like I said, you gotta you gotta order a huge, like, pallet load um, to get them to do it. And so it's one of those things where you you have to really need them to reorder them. I'm just about out. Hmm. So, Crazy. But uh, also got um, – I just got back from Greg Pennington's shop last week. Right. And uh, we built the riding arm Windsor chair that he does as a class, and that was incredible. That was a ton of fun.
1: That looked awesome. I mean, it was <clears> – <throat> You guys were doing a good job of basically live blogging it as <laughs> as as the week went on between the between the bunch of you who always I mean it was there was it was, so they, it I, was
2: uh, Chris from uh, Sterling Tools mm-hmm. and uh, Jeff Hamilton from Hamilton Mark Engages. right and uh, of course Greg was there hosting us and there was a fourth student um, by the name of Larry Graubner. I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name but uh, all of us were on. Instagram the entire time, uh, <laughs> posting pictures and, uh, you know, odd videos and strange comments. Sure. But, uh, that's it was, pretty cool. Like it was a small great time. class,
1: like only having four, four to one basically with Greg being the teacher in house. Like that's, yeah, and, that's and awesome.
2: Greg shop. Uh, well, Greg shop is really unique. He's got, he's got a timber frame shop that is a hand tool shop and, so once you, and then his garage is full of tool uh, power tools, yep. and his his concept of a class is is you're running time in his shop. It doesn't really matter what you do while you're there. So, um, you you have full access to everything. And so we you know we did the chair. But we also made uh I made a perch, mm-hmm. and uh, which is like a you know kind of a Windsor, a, a modern Windsor bar stool. And not, not, not the fish. No, kind of no, birds, I, didn't okay. grow, it. I didn't grow any fish I was Got there. it. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, and then I also, the three of us, uh, Chris, Jeff and I made little live edge walnut benches to sit on. Um, awesome. you use them in the class as a spindle rest while you're shaving spindles. You just kind of have a place to put stuff, but they all turned out so nicely that, uh, I don't think any of us is ever going to get to keep them in our shop.
1: Is that the, the there's a picture of you guys with your feet kicked up.
2: Yep. Is that,
1: that them? Those are
2: the footrests. Yeah.
1: Awesome. You had time to butterfly them too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That, that didn't turn out (laughs) as well as I'd hoped, but, uh, (laughs) it didn't, didn't take long. I mean, it's, um, that was the first two butterfly keys I'd ever put in and they turned out. Okay. Hmm. Um, except the split, uh, where the wood split, uh, one half, the split of the board went up and the other half went down and, uh, I I clamped them flat to put the key in, but, uh, it didn't stay that way after the, uh, after the clamps came off. So Mm -hmm. I've got to redo one of the keys.
1: Oh, wow. Well, that's some twisty wood then.
2: Yeah. Well, it was, it was an air dried board. We, it was one board. We cut three tops out of it. And if it had a split, we, we butterflied it. And if it didn't, I think Chris got the only one that didn't need butterfly keys. He got the middle. (laughs)
1: Lucky guy
2: mm-hmm well he uh jeff wanted the figure and i i actually wanted to do butterfly keys just to kind of do it mm-hmm. um and uh chris just wanted to have a bench so we gave him the middle <laughs>
1: <clears throat> that's awesome again yeah, it, was, it like, was like super cool to watch how did you guys get together just you guys just talked about it and said you know we should do this or did greg yeah, off we... it or what
2: we we talked about it at WIA this year um how you know the only time we see each other is when we have a bunch of work to do it would be nice to uh you know to go play and have fun for a whole week instead of stand stand at the at the showroom floor for a whole you know for 4 days straight or 3 days straight right mm-hmm. uh, so we uh chris went to visit greg on a business trip and um you know, they kind of started a conversation and then he got, he got me on the phone and he got Jeff on the phone and we'd all just found a week that we could go out there. And, um, it just happened to be the week after the Nashville Lee Nielsen show that, uh, Chris was planning on attending. So, um, he just went there after the show ended and, uh, Jeff and I, Jeff lives pretty close. He's about two hours from me. So we drove o- over to Nashville together.
1: How far and, are you from Nashville?
2: Oh, it was 10 hours. Um, oh, okay
1: i won't visit place. then I, we're um we're going down in chattanooga for a spring break and i was thinking about coming up through nashville but if you're an extra 10 hours away
2: that's it a, might be a little extra time for you on the road
1: that's a bit much
2: you're welcome <laughs> to come by though
1: yeah someday probably not this spring but uh you got some prototypes in the works as well besides yeah. your curved front furniture and your chair building sessions yeah the, the uh
2: i'm working on a a shave horse that I hope to have ready for uh, woodworking in America this year. And, uh, which I guess I'm, I'm basically verbally committing to go do at this point. <laughs> I was uh, going to ask you, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't, I haven't sent any money in, but, uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to go. Uh, and then, um, a smaller Rubeau, um, something into five to six foot long, uh, a little bit narrower, uh range with uh just a leg vice oh, okay how yeah. big
0: yeah. uh, your full size robots?
2: uh well so they're the most common size i do is a seven foot long um and they're just under 23 inches deep okay so this one is going to be two and five eighths narrower so one full i use a i use three inch stock for my laminations uh so this will be one lamination narrower Okay. Uh, and then, uh, at least a foot, maybe more shorter. And I'm, I'm working on it right now, a way to make them tail vise ready. Uh, which means that, uh, you know, when you receive the bench, it won't have a tail vise in it, but if down the road you decide you want to add one, um, it won't take a ton of work to do it. And is like the,
0: two, I guess two questions about that. First yeah, is the reason for leaving the tail vise out. Is that because on a bench of that size, you think it's crowded or unnecessary? Or is it mainly because a bench that size is cheaper and you're looking to keep it cheaper by not having to put a, vi- a second vice in?
2: I am trying to save save some money for the customers. Um, and also, I think tail vices for most people aren't necessary. Um, I don't have a tail vice in any of my benches. And um, I think I would use it if I had it, but I don't really need it. If okay. that makes any sense. No, I are, think that's, does... are you
1: talking about a wagon vise, like making them ready? Yeah. You have that, like that kind of slot removable. So you can get a wagon in there.
2: Right. Basically the the, milling done. the, the cavity will be milled out from the bottom, but they'll mm-hmm. still be, oh, I don't know, an inch of bench top, uh, okay. where the, where the groove would normally be. So you basically, uh, cut two and three quarters off the end of the bench, drill some holes through where the cavity is supposed to be and then get a flush trim router bit Mm -hmm. and clean it up.
0: So that was going to be my second part of the question is what do you do to prep it? So you're, you're doing part of the, the joinery and wood removal to accommodate the vice, but they'd have to finish it.
2: Yeah. They'd have to, they'd have to make the end cap. Uh, So I'll have to put together a a PDF that shows, you know, where to drill stuff. And um, but you know, the hardest part about the tail vise putting a tail vise in a bench is excavating the cavity. Sure. And, um, you know, so if I, if I can do 90% or 80% of that work for you, um, when you're ready, it will be really quick. And then you got to drill all the dog holes, um, which can be a challenge too. That's a good skill builder. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you typically Drill the dog holes in one of your full-size benches?
2: Yeah, if it, if it has a tail v- tail vise, it gets the row of holes across. Oh the okay front. okay. And then it gets I usually drill about eight more holes in in sort of a grid on the bench top in a sort of a zigzag pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, but they always line up with one of the dog holes in the row at the front because you know the Lee Valley's little planing stop that you can go between dog holes is just a really handy, really inexpensive way to get a good planing stop and uh but if your if your dog holes don't line up, you're pushing at an angle into the stop, and it's a nightmare mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i try to I try to do as much planning ahead for the customers as I can um so it's just easy to use uh, good man good man <laughs> um and your, uh your
1: shave horse is that is that your own design are you tweaking someone else's look at it or
2: um I'm t- it something uh, or? i'm I'm tweaking uh Peter Galbert's smart head design. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh basically taking the a blending of several different shave horses uh trying to make it as compact as I can make it. Um put the smart head in it because that thing is really handy. Uh, I got to <laughs> use one at at Greg's shop. And Greg is Greg is one of the people that refined that idea with Peter. So oh, really? um yeah, I used the trip as a research Opportunity to kind of pick his brain about the best way to do it. We, he was in on some of the design redesign sessions. We're, we're going to put some heavy duty bushings uh, inside the main pivot to make it to make it more durable long term. Um, basically, we we took all the things that people pick at and tried to find a way to to eliminate them. And uh, one of them is that you know a lot of times people just shove a bolt in the side of the. Uh, The rails to 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 form a pivot and Mm -hmm. when you with the old design that bolt was important because you would need to move the the pivot forward and back for different stock sizes um different thicknesses Uh, but with the smart head you don't need that anymore so we're kind of designing that out to make it a permanent point pivot point um but you can always, you know, you can always drill the hole a little bigger if you want to change it. Once it's once you buy it, it's yours. You get to mess with it all you want.
1: <laughs> sure, absolutely.
2: So, yeah. I I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not one to say that I've got the best design for you, just the best design for as many people as I can uh, design for. So,
0: with, with the shaving horse, uh, it's not the type of work I typically do. So, forgive me <laughs> if I'm using the wrong terms. You're but my understanding is that if you have one that's a, kind of a smaller one that connects to a bench it's a pony a shaving yeah i've
2: -hmm. I've heard that term i'm also i didn't put that in the notes but i'm working on one of those as well
0: okay so that would seem like the natural fit is an accessory to your to your benches
2: yeah i i think um i i think the niche that i'm trying to fill with with plate 11 is to is to build build tools oh bigger workbench tool or workshop tools things that you could probably do it yourself if you wanted to, but it's probably not how you want to spend your time in the shop. Mm-hmm. Um, so, workbench is definitely one of those things that you need to have to do woodworking. Um, a shave horse, if you're going to do green woodworking, you definitely. Um, are. Yeah, you got. I mean, well, I mean, there are people out there that say that shave horses are for the lazy, but uh, I don't. There I don't are also personally. those of
0: us who think that people who do the things that call shave horses lazy are crazy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, I, I I love it. I think it's a great it's a great way to spend a day um, shaving spindles and making parts and um, so yeah, I think that there's basically three different shaves that I'm working you know, horses or ponies or uh, Shetland ponies that I'm working on. So, um, so yeah, there'll be a, a whole bunch of things to look at um, if I can get them done. Uh, but yeah, it's nice to have, uh, a shave pony is great because, um, if you don't have shop space for a full size shave horse, you can still do a ton of work. Um, obviously I think if you're going to be making lots and lots of chairs, you're probably going to make room in your shop to do that. But, mm. you know, if you just want to make a one chair or one set of chairs, you can, you can certainly get by with a much less dedicated system, uh, to work with. So, so yeah, that's, that's in the plans too.
1: Oh, that's awesome now maybe this is something that doesn't need to be talked about but um <laughs> 2 years ago you met and i can't remember his name but you were ta- like were thinking about trying to make i think it's a chevrolet a chevrolet, chevrolet. Yeah. yeah is that still in works too
2: yeah the the first run of those is in the schedule uh for late spring mid spring awesome. something like okay. that awesome. it's a it's a very fluid schedule it's uh you know like the next thing I want to do is I've got a few people that have been waiting for benches, get those done, and then do the Chevrolets. And that'll be um, – I'm actually looking for people to to buy into the first run. Uh, we're just going to do, I think, maybe five. Um, okay. I have se- I have several people who, who want to you know participate in that, and I just got to try to fill up those five spots um, if I can. If not, I'll probably just go ahead and make them. Yeah. And, is it- uh,
0: is it Patrick Edwards who advocates the the Chevrolet and
2: okay, so I've
0: heard him talk about them, but I've never done that kind of marketry, not really relevant, that I do it. But I was asked, I was wondering, do you do that kind of marketry or did you just see the Chevrolet and say, that's an opportunity to make a really cool, large wooden tool that fits in with the type of stuff you make?
2: I, I, so I have a kind of a policy that, um, that, says if if, you, if I don't use it, I'm not going to make it for mm-hmm. somebody else. Um, I think you okay. really need need to understand how a tool functions. Mm-hmm. This the Chevrolet is the only tool that uh, that I have planned where I've broken that rule,
0: <laughs> and
2: uh, and it's p- simply because I've got Patrick Edwards uh, looking over my shoulder. Okay. Uh, he he is you know he is the expert on the Chevrolet in America, and um, certainly one of the best marketry artists in the U S absolutely uh, he's yeah. a what uh, the award, a cartouche award winner. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, the guy's a, a phenom. And so we, um, he, he I, I approached him because he was interviewed on a podcast and, and he was describing the work that you can do with a Chevrolet. And then he described the Chevrolet and I thought there's an enormous disconnect between the tool and the people that use it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a totally different frame of focus hmm. So um, so I thought there's got to be an opportunity there to to help some people get over the hurdle of having, you know, building the tool and just make it for them. Right. So and, you know, so we I took his plans that were based on the, the French tool from 250 years ago and um, made a few changes. I, I really have a hard time following other people's plans. <laughs> um So, and I'm always I'm always uh, designing these things or, or redesigning them with an eye towards you know is it easy to ship, is it easy to assemble, and can I do it at a price that people will want to pay? Yeah, um, if any if anyone
1: hasn't seen one, I mean they're they're really cool in what in how they work. It's a, I mean it's an interesting little mechanism inside it, but um, uh, yeah. And but I saw those plans when you got them at WIA two years ago, um, and it, it's it is it's it it's cool that it it is one of those it's a thing that is more like a bench as far as a gross motor skill kind of thing to make
2: mm-hmm. but then the
1: use of it is so fine motor skill
2: mm-hmm. like
1: it's 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 it bridges that it's so cool
2: yeah yeah it's it's you you know you definitely have to have an interest in every area of woodworking uh, you know as far as you know just your basic joinery as well as marquetry to want to take like take something like that on and then go and use it um but i I suppose if if you were the type to build the piece and put the marquetry on it um then you'd probably be okay you've probably already got one (laughs) right Uh, but if you know if you if you're just trying to make decorative panels uh just for the the art of it um then you know making the saw is probably something that's a waste of your time because you're not interested in it Mm -hmm. so so that's what i look for um you know, for for projects to take on, and um, so so that's what I'm hoping to do with the Chevrolet.
1: Oh, that's awesome. So, is there, um, is there uh, anything that you guys have seen online
0: recently that's uh, grabbed your interest? Before we go there, Sean, let me just oh, say over. that I appreciate your dedication to our format, even though it's blank on the on the spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, there's got to be something. <laughs> I just, um, um,
1: I, I couldn't think, I knew there was something, but I, I can't even think of it now. Well, I've got Matt Cremona has a new logo. He does. And I love it. The, the sideways dovetail MC. He's really missing something not pulling out like an MC hammer pants move <laughs> with those two, with those initials. I'm, I'm saying,
2: uh, or maybe he's not. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, what were you saying? Yeah. Um, Don Williams has a a series of posts on the right? that uh, he's just talking about gram weight strength of hide glue um, and how, well, just how a higher gram weight strength doesn't always mean a stronger glue simply because you end up having to put more water in it uh, to use it. And there's, I think two or three, he's probably got some ongoing stuff, but hide glue is something that I've gotten really interested in over the last year and a half. And, um, so that's an, in, you know, if you're thinking about making your own or using, you know, hot hide glue, uh, there's a lot of good information in those blog posts. Okay. That's what, on what, Yes. Yeah.
0: What kind of glue do you use in the benches, Mark? Uh,
2: when I'm doing my, my laminations, I'm using tight bond. Okay. Uh, just regular tight bond. I haven't
1: so one, two or three.
2: Um, Two? I, I bounce back and forth, but right now I, I like the, I like type on one. It just, it sure. works. It works more readily. The open but, time but is.
0: What about those of us who want our bench to be able to be submersible?
2: <laughs> well, you better, you better use something other than wood.
0: There you go.
2: <laughs> but what, timber strand. Is that, uh, does that work for underwater benches? It,
0: it alas does not.
2: Oh, darn. Oh, uh. <laughs>
0: So that's something I I should find some. uh, No, let's not go there.
1: That, that, that's, <laughs> that's somewhere near underwater basket weaving, right? Underwater woodworking. Know. It is basket weaving is woodworking.
2: No, yeah, you just you have to be really vigilant with you know wiping your tools down and oiling them after
1: <laughs> you time. Yeah, yeah, rust is a real bitch. <laughs>
2: yeah, it can be tough.
0: Anyway, I, I apologize for deriding us with the underwater bench. <laughs> oh, no, uh, you're fine. So. So you're bouncing between the different type bonds and they all seem to work, but one is your current usage.
2: Yeah, type on one. It just it's the two is just so much thicker, doesn't spread as well, mm-hmm. um, in my experience. So I, I tend to like type on one, and so I've kind of I, I I started with two, and I've switched back to one. Um, and then for the joinery, um, I, I use I use old brown glue, which is a liquid hide mm-hmm. product uh, made by Patrick Edwards uh, out in San Diego.
1: Oh really? He makes that? I
0: did. Yeah. He
2: makes it in his shop. Wow. So yeah, that was, that's kind of a cool thing. You know, it's a, it's a homemade glue. And then I I have a guy who's an apprentice who's actually, uh, experimenting with making liquid hide right now. So I may be getting it from him in the future. So, um, he, he comes in the shop every now and again and helps me out and I help him out. And, um, He's not paid, so that's pretty cool.
1: <laughs> Apprentices are good for that. That's awesome. Yeah, he's,
2: he trades in knowledge, so or well, and somebody just to tell him, "Don't worry about it. Just do it. It's okay. You know, <laughs> as long as you don't cut your finger off, it'll be fine."
0: Sometimes you need that. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, I think it's uh, you know, starting is the hardest part. You know, and then
0: mm.
2: you know if you can get if you can get started, um, and not be too afraid of making a mistake uh you can do just about anything
1: fair um so uh, we we've spoken about all the different things you're doing and i understand that you are well you're play 11 your company is is a bench and accessory shop building thing mm-hmm. company um but you're a furniture builder also or mainly yeah. or like how do those play together
2: uh well so that in 2004 uh I moved from Atlanta to Ozark Missouri to basically take over an old family furniture company your family um uh, well distant relative yeah okay my, my grandfather's brother mm-hmm. and uh he was 20 years younger than my grandfather but um the uh he he was ready to retire and he he just couldn't let go um, because he's, you know, he'd been in business for over 40 years and had tons of customers. So we, we worked out a financing deal. Um, I moved out here and so I, I made furniture for, you know, basically since 2004, this has been, woodworking has been my job. Um, was it what we would consider to be like small
0: production runs or was it just yeah. him making furniture or what's, what was the company set up like?
2: He was a, he was an, an excellent businessman and a moderate woodworker. Okay. Um, I'm a terrible businessman and I love woodworking. So um, we butted heads every now and again, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, he, he was, he was all about, um, you know, making money, making furniture. So he had a, he had a very limited um, product, you know, line of products. And then he had a bunch of sub shops set up all around the area where guys would make, um, mission end tables or occasional furniture. And, um, he would buy everything they made, uh, in the good old days and, and have no trouble selling it. Um, so it was short production batches. Um, okay. and then, uh, you know, the, the furniture industry changed it. Uh, and, and it was about the same time that, that, uh, the founder, he kind of just lost touch with the business. He, he tried to sell it once and that didn't work out. And, um, you know, it, uh, you just you just couldn't, you know, China started really competing heavily with the American furniture market and their, you know, furniture stores actually opened. There was, you know, large chain furniture stores used to be your only options were uh, department stores for furniture. Right. Sure. So, you know, he the market changed and, and he, you know, kind of became an absentee owner. And, uh, he felt like if he didn't lose any money, he was doing all right because, you know, he owned the business, he owned the property, he owned all this stuff. So when I took over, I had a a pretty steep hill to climb, um, with, uh, kind of rebuilding the brand of the company. And, and I opened the door to custom work like three years into ownership and the customers just kicked the door in. So that's, you know, it slowly became all that I did. Okay. And, um, and then, so the. The bench company was not a far cry from that. I mean, it was basically one off um, custom workbenches. Right. Um, but now it's kind of building into, um, especially with this new bench, we're trying to kind of, I'm trying to create sort of a standardized bench that I can try to stock because, you know, people are having to wait a long time for my benches and I don't like that. Um, I want them to put them to use, you know. Sure. So. Uh, so by standardizing the design a bit, at least for you know a, a, a main option, um, that uh, that should help you know help me fill orders a little now, more quickly. I, I've seen your benches at at, at
0: shows, but I, honestly, I've never shopped for one per se. So you talk about standardizing them. Was each bench each bench bench completely custom for the customer? You didn't have a well. This is the seven foot bench, and it's just a matter of which vice do you want.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, the the customization comes in the in the form of uh, do you want condor tails or not condor tails? Do you want accent woods or no accent woods? Um, you know, so that with when I started making the split tops, mm-hmm. um, that that took me on the first step down the path to to offering something close to standard. Uh, before that, it was I tr- I started out making kits, and I still sell those kits, but. Um, the split tops by far have been the thing that's, you know, helped me help me grow the business. Mm. Um, and it's mostly because I, you know, well, part of it is every time I make a bench, I, I try to refine it just a little bit. And so maybe the, the end product looks the same, but the way it's done is different. Okay. Okay. Um, and you know, so you, but you do that so many times and you, and you st- hopefully start to run out of ways to make it faster Uh, And you kind of settle in on a rhythm and a method. And and that's when I start making jigs and, you know, templates and things like that, which is what I've been focusing on for the last couple rounds of bench making is to bring efficiency to the whole process. Yeah, yeah. So that, you know, so that, you know, you can actually put a little bit of margin uh, margin in there, um, you know, to invest in new designs, new ideas, things like that. So, um, despite your
1: your personal claim that you're a bad businessman, you seem to have a pretty good handle on making something efficient for good business. Well, like, do yeah, you have I'm, a background in? I mean, wh- what were you doing before you took over that company? Was it business? Was it woodworking?
2: What like? It, it was and, uh, well. I have an engineering degree from Georgia Tech, an industrial okay. engineering degree. So that's okay. that's what helps me with the production, the efficiency mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, um, and then. But I was actually working in big construction. I was a field engineer um, hmm. because I I was burned out on stopwatches and clipboards, hmm. and uh, so I wanted to I wanted to make something real. If I had decided then to go into woodworking, I probably would have been, but you know I'd be in a whole different place now. But I went into you know high rises and prisons and things like that to to build those things, um, and then I found myself back in the office after a certain amount of time. So that's when I decided to move to Ozark and, and try to make furniture for a living.
1: That's, that's awesome. I mean, that it's, it's good that you can, I mean, you are, you're business minded, um, despite being the, the engineering type and then, you know, obviously handy, but that's, um, I I'm thoroughly impressed with what you, what you've done. Uh, and the fact that, so on your, on your, uh, furniture building side you mm-hmm. mentioned like there was a set catalog and then you do custom work like stuff like this curb front things you're working on now are those considered custom or the, like you own if you own those forms is yeah, that those part were, of catalog
2: that was probably outside of dining room tables that was probably the very first uh that well that was the first case piece that norman my the founder of the the furniture company oh. uh started selling so he he dealt in antiques and then he started making tables okay. uh, and then he had customers, you know, he had customers asking for bedroom furniture. So he, he basically copied a, uh, an antique that it basically, it was something that anytime he got his hands on one you know, on the East coast, he could haul it out to California and sell it for five times what he paid. Mm-hmm. And so he, he took that, copied it. He didn't, he he sold it as a copy. He didn't mislead anyone as to, you know, whether it was an antique or not. Um, but then he warrantied it like a brand new piece of furniture. So people were like, well, you know, I can get this piece that works right. And, uh, and is new, but it's, you know, it's, it's guaranteed, you know, so, um, that's how he got into the curve front stuff. So I've, you know, that's, we've got, gosh, I've probably got 5,000 pieces of that out in the world. Um, wow. and I, you know, I, and since I've owned the business, I've probably built three or 400 of them or, so. and
1: just now, as I'm looking back through your Instagram, <laughs> I see the current and then I'm looking like not few many weeks ago, you've got more of them. I didn't, I, and I don't know. It's do.
2: all, it's all the same batch. This, uh, yeah. it's been a low, a low production period, uh, for me right now with all the travel and the, and we've had some sickness run through our family too. So <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, uh, gosh, it's been like eight weeks since I started this batch, but you know, the thing about, well, I think it's any project is you just spend forever, forever making parts. And then in one day it's, it's built. Yeah. Now, um, we're, when we're
0: talking about a batch, we're talking about some dressers and nightstands. That's what the piece. Yeah, is I've got,
2: so and... I, I think on this order, I had like six nightstands and four chests and three double dressers. Um,
0: so uh, I th- guess, 13, 15 pieces somewhere in there, that's that's what a set is or a batch?
2: No, or? This, is, this is orders for seven or eight different customers. Um, okay. But because it's all the same style, the setups are all the same. So uh, that's a little bit of efficiency there for me mm-hmm. uh, to kind of group this all together. So I can make all the parts at once and then I build each set um, and then finish it. So, and I, I can only fit in my finish shop. I can fit about 12 drawers worth of furniture, if that makes any sense. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I can, however the pieces add up, they can't have more than 12 drawers or it won't fit. (laughs) So, uh, you know, so I try to group batches of furniture. So I assemble, you know, two chests, two, five drawer chests and, uh, finish them together. And then, you know, whatever's left on the order, I, I put that together next. Okay. So, Uh, and that's something I've had to figure out, uh, with this new shop, you know, the old finished shop was five times the size of the one I have now. So, Oh really? Yeah. I mean, I, I had a guy, a part-time guy that, you know, I'd finish, I'd finish a set of furniture and I'd, I'd call him in and he would sand it, move it down there and finish it. And I wouldn't have to see it again until it was done. And that was nice.
0: (laughs) That sounds delightful.
2: (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, that was, those were the good old days, but you know, that is, uh, it's nice because I enjoy the building a lot more than I do the finishing, but it also is expensive. You know, it's, uh, paying somebody to do that. It, it has its ups and it's downs, you mm-hmm. know, and you don't have as much control over the, the quality of the finish. You know, you can, you can go back and, and tell the guy how you want it done and, and make him do it over. But, um, you can only do that so many times before you would have been better off just to do it yourself. So, I was I was fortunate enough to have a guy that I really trusted. He did a good job. He was a, actually an automotive painter for many years uh, before he started finishing furniture. So somebody used to sanding and spraying—that's pretty good. Yeah, lots and lots of time with a, with a cup gun in his hand.
1: Yep. So now, and you've now since the move, now you're talking about having an apprentice again. Are you expanding to a point where that help is now needed more?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, by the end of this coming year, this year that we're in now, I, I, I should have somebody on, you know, part-time, you know, at least 20, maybe 30 hours. Oh, that's excellent. And, um, yeah, I'm hoping to, I'm hoping to put, put them to work assembling benches. Um, you know, the, the great thing, the, 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 trouble I had with the custom work and employees was it's, it's really hard to train somebody to do a job when it's different every time. Sure. Uh, so I was looking for that product that I could build the same way over and over again so that somebody could learn how to do it really well. Uh, and then we could take little bits of time to kind of expand their skills. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can strike a balance between earning and learning, you know, right. You right. Be-
0: they earn their keep by putting bench after bench after bench together and <laughs> they can learn other things in the meantime. They're not constantly learning and doing nothing. Right. To keep.
2: Right. Right. So that's, that's where my own personal bad business sense comes in. I, I really enjoy figuring stuff out. Um, but I don't want to stick around and make 20 of them. Uh, but that's how you make money in business. You know, you, you get efficient, you get fast and you do it over and over again.
0: Now you, you mentioned that you used to have kits and now you're selling kits and assembled benches.
2: Yeah. The split tops are basically a complete bench. Um, how do you ship that? (laughs) <laughs> well, it, it, that's, that's where this, where I really like the split top is it breaks down the, you know, you basically have, um, what, six parts. When you take it apart, you got the two halves of the top, you've right. got two, two end assemblies, which is, you know, a pair of legs and a pair of rails mm-hmm. and then the two long rails and the vice chop. So,
1: okay. you know,
2: you lay, that you fits lay on a really stuff.
1: heavy, thick box.
2: Yeah, it's it's about a 400 pound crate that I build, and um, I you know but the crate the crate takes an afternoon, mm-hmm. um, you know the bench takes two three weeks, <laughs> so it's kind of a relief to build a crate at the end of it because you're you're rough framing instead of uh, <laughs> fine working.
0: right. There's something to be said for screws and nails. Yes. Oh,
2: yeah. you just the, the hardest part is cutting the parts to size. After that, it's you know yeah it's staples, nails, screws. Uh, and some a little bit of construction adhesive, and a lot of chain hoists. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, sure. That, that's they how you get them on the back. trailer. Yeah,
1: well, that's the way to be. But uh, it's
2: it's a lot of fun. The workbenches have been the thing that saved my my kept me from completely burning out of woodworking.
1: Mm. Um, oh, that's good.
2: They put me in touch with tons of woodworkers which I really enjoy because, you know, before that it was just me uh, in the shop with employees and the employees didn't really they just wanted a paycheck. Um, sure. Yeah. So so that that you know and and it's created a a, a ton of opportunities to explore new things, try new techniques, um, and, you know, learn from other people. So So it's going I love it. Going
1: from a, a you know, furniture building company uh, that you helped grow and build and then going into, I mean, I get the, the similarities between bench building and that, but what made you land on the Rubo style benches as opposed to anything else that might've been in publicized in any books? Yeah. You know, uh, and the, then, and then I guess that, that kind of goes along with your, despite obvious you, you've got to use power tools. You're, you're a production builder. Mm-hmm. Um, But then I see you using green woodworking tools, making a chair. So do you have like, you know, some desire to go that way? Do you appreciate that in some way? Or, I mean, it just, how does that all play
2: together? Well, so that it was the anarchist tool chest that set me on the path to Rubo's.
1: Okay. Um,
2: You know, I, I read the argument for the type of design in that book. And then I looked at what was out there and it made sense to me. And then I couldn't find that bench anywhere. Um, And Mm. so I decided that I would have to make one for myself. And um, that was right at the same time I took my first woodworking class and it was with Christopher Shores. Um, And he basically challenged me (laughs) to, uh, to, to make them for other people because, you know, my, I was looking for a product. That's why I went to the class, but it wasn't workbenches. Um, and, uh, you know, he knows, he knows what's out there. And he said, you know, there's, there's really only one good option out there and it's not a rubo. Um, you know, if, if, if you're looking for something to do, <laughs> this is, what, <laughs> this is, this should be it. He's like, you know, he, he started naming, Big tools. He's like, you got this right. You got this right. And you know, it, was, <laughs> it was, it was my shop. He was describing, he's like, you have all the tools you need to do it. Um, you know, he's like, as a matter of fact, uh, if you can get a prototype together in two weeks, you can put it in my booth at handworks.
1: <laughs> and,
2: uh, so,
1: and a star went to world. Canada. <laughs> yeah.
2: I was terrified. I, I, uh, but I had to do it. It was one of these things, you know, you just don't miss an opportunity like that. So no, I no. crashed the first handworks. Uh,
0: um, I said Canada handworks is the one in Iowa,
2: right? Iowa. Yeah. Yes. Iowa. Yeah. It was, uh, every, well, it was, it's been oh, 2013 man, man. and 2015. Yep. So yeah. I think so it helps
0: With the one in Canada that I'm thinking of.
2: Yeah. That's, it uh, Woodworks. That? Yes.
0: Woodworks. Yeah. And that's yeah. again, this year in Canada.
2: Yes. And yeah, you, they you, they do that every year in the fall.
0: Uh, every yeah. other year, I was talking with um, oh okay, uh, big kidding guy whose name escapes me now, Vic. Uh, Vic, Tesson. Vic, thank you. Yes, I was. I was. Vic was. I was at the woodworking shows in Jersey about two weeks ago. I was talking with Vic about it. It's every two years, but this mm-hmm. year it happens to be the week after WIA. Right.
1: Uh, but right. yeah, so Mark, you you had the tools, you mm-hmm. had the source of twelve quarter plus maple.
2: Yeah. Well, back then it was, uh, it was a quarter beach. Oh, wow. Yeah. I so started your with first beach. one beach. Really? Yeah. The, the, the bench zero is a, uh, a, a laminated beach workbench. Nice. Um, and it, it, it is a mess. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> from it, use uh,
2: or it, what? What's that
1: from use or
2: no, food, like, just from, from me not knowing what I was doing. I mean, it was a learning experience. Um, you know, the, the plies kind of laid over a bit when I was gluing them up. So if you put a square on the top, it's, it's not squared down the front. Um, it's, it's a parallelogram bench, but awesome. you know, it's, it's never caused me any problems. Uh, you know, I, it's um, a feature. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, a, <laughs> it, it, it gradually slopes away from the edge of the top, but, um, But no, I mean, it, uh, I laminated the legs together and I had a flood in my shop. And, um, even with type Bond two, the legs started to (laughs) delaminate. Um, so that was an important experience. I I do not use laminates for the legs. I use full 16 quarter stock. Okay. Um, so it's going to have to split apart. It's not going to be a glue line that fails. Um, you know, just, uh, that's woodworking, you know, you, you make mistakes and, um, if you know it's not going to be the only one you make, um, those mistakes can be really helpful to you, mm. um, you know, and they take the pressure off. It was really, you know, when I, when I switched from making prototypes to making benches for customers, I was terrified at what they would do to them when they got them home. Like, you know, start getting four foot straight edges with feeler gauges and <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I kind of had to get over that. I just had to realize that I, I can only do the best thing I can do. Um, and, uh, and, you know, it's, it's made of wood. It's going to move around. It's, it's going to have to be flattened. Um, that's why we started with the kits because, uh, the, everything was rough joinery. You know, you had to finish the joinery yourself. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. Yeah. So the, the, uh, there was no worries about me fitting a join up and shipping it and it not working when you got it home, um, gotcha. because of your, your shop's humid or dry or, uh, so that was the whole point behind making the kits at first that, and to allow people to choose their hardware. Um, but it seems like putting a split top together with, you know, a glide leg vice in it and a, you know, a tail vise is, is a pretty good choice for most people. Uh, yeah. So, do you, uh,
1: do you offer without digging into your website too much, but do you, um, do you offer other than bench crafted? I do. Uh, vices um, really okay.
2: the. Yeah, the, I mean the, the only other mainstream option out there is is um, Nick Dombrowski who owns Lake Erie Toolworks. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and those vices are awesome. Um, I keep meaning to go out there. He's only about two hours away from me. You should go see him. He I mean, yeah. he's that guy. He's an engineer. He's, I think he's a mechanical engineer. And he's he's really smart with uh, CNC technology and milling. And um, he's you know I think he just bought a brand new CNC. And he's, uh, he's moving even faster than he was before, but yeah, he did.
0: He was, he's using it to make the female threads. I think I, I remember he was posting about it when he was setting it up.
2: Yeah. yeah. I,
1: I've seen a couple of videos come out. Yeah. Uh, he,
2: he, so his stuff is really cool. And I think, um, I, I have sold one bench with his vice hardware in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like from what I've found, the guys that want the wooden screws in their benches are the same guys that refuse to buy a workbench. (laughs) Uh, They they want to make it themselves. It's sort of an old school style. And I think that old school mentality of, you know, I have to make my own bench. Mm -hmm. um, It jives really well with his, with that style. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's always an option. Uh, It's just a different, different way to put the leg vice in, but (laughs) I always recommend for people, if you're going to do one of his leg vices, go ahead and buy the crisscross from Benchcrafted and put it underneath it. Yeah. Uh, because that thing, I wouldn't make a bench without one if I was going to use it at all. Um, it's just so easy to, you don't have to do anything, but turn the screw. That's the only thing you got to do to use the vice. And when you're, when you flip from five inch legs to two inch rails, that's pretty important. Mm Mm-hmm. No.
1: And I don't know, uh, Diami, if you've, seen it but i've I one of mark's t-shirts which is one of the most comfortable t-shirts i have but it has the coolest <laughs> slogan on the back of it so it's, I mean, it's a really nice design i, I wear it out i uh, sadly i've had no one ask me about it it's, it's <laughs> i'm trying to advertise i promise
0: <laughs> i, I um, appreciate it
1: but it, it on the on the back it says you know a workbench is, is a tool not right.
0: a rite of passage just awesome
1: just, that's an <laughs> it, it, it's so true as as i work on a hollow door on sawhorses, <laughs> like i i get it i I'd, mark i'd love one of your benches maybe someday maybe yeah. but come on uh, we'll make one. I, I appreciate the challenge in making my own as well so mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see um but uh that slogan is perfect because really if you don't have that deep deep desire to make one mark offers mm-hmm. What I consider the yeah. best opportunity to get one, to purchase one well, that can immediately be put to use and is made well, and and serve its purpose as an a, a shop
0: accessory. And when you when you put the the pr- the process of building it aside for a moment, and as a woodworker, I'm sure for some of us that's hard to do. But mm-hmm. that said, it's just a big piece of stationary equipment in your shop, not unlike your table saw, your band saw, your joiner, or something else you're going to use. And I think that the quality of the benches is absolutely second to none. I mean, I was blown away when I saw the benches in person and that's beautiful. They're, they're not, yes, they are, but that's not even the point. The point yeah. is they're rock solid and they hold anything and they're just, they're, they're a wonderful, wonderful tool. So mm-hmm. if you're going to go out and buy a really nice bandsaw, I don't see the difference in going out and buying a really nice bench either. And if you're going to go out and buy a bench, these are the best benches i sure. appreciate that guys that's uh, no problem no it's no it's, joke i mean true. i
1: i first i first got to see him you know wia in, in north carolina and and it's a, you you were working on making a much miniature version of it just to pass the time i think at the time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know the thing was it was it wasn't quite marco terenzi's but close <laughs> no. you know it was like less than quarter scale i think you know but it was um I mean, those things are awesome. And that was the year, I think, that the crisscross came out, the The ship's wheel.
2: is uh, the ship's wheel. So, yeah, we yeah. we got uh, advanced copies of that Vice Ooh. hardware from Jamil. And uh, because he wasn't going to be at the show, um, he was more than happy to have somebody selling benches with that hardware in it. Um, yeah, that's another thing that uh, Chris from uh, Sterling Toolworks uh, made happen, which was so it's the first – the first two split tops I built were for that show. One of them was Chris's. Right, I knew he walked away with one.
1: Yeah, and you yep. sold the
2: other one, didn't you? I did. I, I, to much to the chagrin of uh, the people over at Highland Woodworking, uh, <laughs> they wanted to do an interview about the <laughs> split top. And, uh, it wasn't there the next day they were, oh, they came to film and <laughs> they were a little disappointed. Oh, uh, uh, we made it work. We, we did an interview <laughs> on the other bench that I had there, which was a play a full plate 11 with, with Nick's hardware in it. So, but, uh, but yeah, I also, I also have a kind of an open source attitude towards woodworking. Um, so if you want to make your own bench and you want help making the bench, I, put every secret I have on Instagram, um, you know? So, you know, there's, there's all these little things about the bench crafted hardware that um, I wish I knew them the first time I installed <laughs> it and now everyone else knows them. That's fine. So um, let me, let me push on that point for a second, Mark in for, for the people who
0: appreciate the, the value and benefit of using um, any of the variety of benches you make, but are of the mindset that they're not going to be content until they make it themselves. Is bench building classes or instruction something you've thought about to supplement the actual selling of the benches?
2: Yeah, I, I will be teaching out of my shop and probably other places before too long. Okay. Um, yeah, that was... Um, <clears throat> I'm, the, well, the bench building will probably be here, but um, I hope to start teaching some chair-making stuff Oh, or at least at least helping uh, as an assistant with uh, with some with, with an instructor um, in the next year, hopefully. So um, that's an opportunity that uh, that was just offered to me that uh, I really want to take advantage of. So as soon as I get a couple of classes down as a, under my belt as an assistant, I'll probably start offering them here. Okay, um, that's awesome. Yeah, workbench classes are tough um, for. You know, for, for a one-week class, um, I'll probably need some guinea pigs before I do. <laughs> before I offer it to the main public, but uh, maybe I'll, you guys can, you know, send me your information if you're interested. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but, uh, I, I is,
0: as it, long as you can make that same crate with staples and adhesive and ship it back to my house, I'll gladly fly out there and build a bench with you.
2: I'll, I'll show you how to make it.
0: <laughs> is, is it a um is it different in your shop like i've
1: seen stuff like with the the uh the french oak rubo project mm-hmm. um that you know seeing what they did in their shop i mean i guess this is pretty similar you've got machinery that can process this stuff that
2: mm-hmm.
1: some people don't have access to
2: yeah i mean mm-hmm. i have a i have a straight line rip saw and that that one tool um it, it You know, that's what the reason I switched from 16 quarter to 12 quarter material, uh, because I can process the stock so much faster. Um, that's what keeps the split top price where it's at, uh, because, you know, I can you know, I can I rough out the stock when it first comes in. And then I set it on a shelf for a week. And then when I come back to it, I can straight line it and square it all in one pass. Um, so I, I have to basically joint one wide face on my joiner, run it through the planer and then off to the straight line rip. And then my plies are done. Um, well, I, I also run, I have a wide belt sander, so I run them through that just to make sure they're flat. Uh, you know, in the, in the smaller sense, my, my planer does tend to put some gutter marks here and there, but, uh, the sander takes all that out. So
0: could, could I stop you for a second? Sure. <laughs> I've heard so many people go on about the the glory of having a wide belt sander. When I look at them, I don't actually understand how they're used. It's this giant long belt, doesn't it? Just grip the side of a long piece and throw it away. Like
2: <laughs> <laughs> you mean uh, it has it has uh, pressure rollers just like a planer. Oh, okay, hold the work down, and then the belt, the sanding belt, is between the rollers, and if you have. If you have all kinds of money, you can get a wide belt that has two or three or four sanding belts in it at once
0: to go through the different
2: grits. So yes, it's so, it's like a drum sander except it has a flat platen
0: instead of instead of a, the, a round drum. Is that would that be
2: it? Uh, well, the more expensive. The, so there there is a version without a platen. It's just a a drum on the bottom and a drum on the top, and the belt gets stretched between them. Uh, and then there is a platen version that has. Uh, two rollers at the bottom and one at the top and they, you know, between the two rollers is the platen and, but the platen, you, you turn it on and off depending upon what you want to do. And, uh, I don't use my platen that much. Um, it's great for sanding wide panels, but when you're doing narrower stock, it tends to kind of round the corners a bit. Okay. Uh, so I like for workbenches and I don't use it. Um, I, I just want it to be flat and relatively uniform. And that's all I care about. So then,
0: in its use, is it is it just a beefier version of a drum sander?
2: Well, uh, you've got the belt, so the belt stays cooler, and it doesn't load like a drum would.
0: Right. Um, okay.
2: I've never. It's it's also available in, in bigger sizes. You, know, you can. Um, the the belt oscillates back and forth as it's sanding. Um, there's a lot going on a lot more than I understand,
0: <laughs>
2: uh, you know, but, um, I, you know, I know when I buying that belt sander, I, I had a 24 inch, uh, that I bought with the business. It took me like five years to save the money to buy this 37 inch. And it was, it was glorious. Uh, it was, uh, it, it freed me from the dependency of paying people to sand with it, you know, air sanders for hours uh, you know, I could put them to work building instead of sanding. And, um, so, you know, that thing, I still do hand sanding at the end, um, because there's, you can still see some of the marks from the sander and maybe I need to tune it up. But, um, you know, I, I like that the uniformity that, a you know, random orbit sander will give you if you take it through the grits the right way. But, you know, it doesn't take much to go from the, the belt sander to finish. Okay, so I, I I love having it in the shop.
0: Nice. Okay, so I'm sorry. I just it's a tool I often no. hear production guys talk about, and I uh, it uh, then I I always when people mention it, I always think of what I guess is an edge sander, where it's a it's a narrow but really long belt and mm-hmm. you're applying the entire edge of a piece to it.
2: Yeah, I I had one of those in the old shop, and I let it go with the shop. It it they, they generate tons of dust. I mean, you can you can hook them up to a dust collection, but uh, we never could get ours. Ours is an older model, but we just couldn't get it to work right. But edge sanders are nice, but a block plane, you know, or a spoke shave pretty much do the same job um, if you know how to use them. And you know that's why I got into hand tools was to free myself from tools like that, like the edge sander. And that's uh, something I love. I love seeing
1: like you. You obviously your production work is is big power use but you you and on Instagram you show a lot of your hand tool use and i, I love the fact that you're mixing that up like you're yeah,
2: it's so much more fun
1: yeah no i agree i'm and i'm like between deami and i we cover both of your you know your your different sides like i'm i'm 90% hand tools and For deami now. i think would be
0: the other other way Mm-hmm. If not more, and like I have a whole complement of hand planes, I know how to I, use them. I bet. <laughs> are they sharp? Half of them are.
2: <laughs> that sounds about like mine. Yeah,
0: they, they're not sharp. I mean, they're sharp because, frankly, they're sharp because I don't use them that often. But I do actually sharpen them up when I use them. <laughs> yeah. Um. But.
2: You're probably yeah, more that's... vigilant about sharpening than I am. Then.
0: <laughs> Could be. Could be.
1: No, it's super cool. Mark, I change my
0: sandpaper quite often. I keep that written <laughs> nice, and, nice and sharp. That's good. Oh, it's it's awesome seeing
1: you. You put your work out there and and uh, and sharing it. I know um, you're you're pretty active on Instagram, um, mm-hmm. and which is awesome. I love hearing about how you know the community that comes together on there, and obviously, I mean, you're getting with other tool builders and and just woodworkers in general and it's uh it's good i mean it's good to see you grow i didn't know you before you were making benches but that's it seems like it's going well for you which is awesome
2: well i, I enjoy what i do now so that's that, always that is the ultimate goal right yep yeah. it's uh you know i've got an hour and a half a day where i do my Business paperwork. I try to limit it to that, but um once I get in the shop, man, my day's over. It's it's fun time. So (laughs) it's uh it's great to be able to do that. It's it's you you give things up, but you know, it's a trade. And uh it's one that I've been happy to make.
0: Fair enough. Normally at this point, Mark, we would go into the five questions, but um, when we saw each other in Kansas City, I was able to grab you for a few mm-hmm. minutes and we went over the five questions and um, our special episode from WA 2015 has your five questions. So I'm not going to go through them again, <laughs> but um, I'll ask you one question is what makes your bench such a useful tool in the shop? I'll give you a chance to to sell the bench.
2: Oh, well, you can hold anything with it. And that's, uh, that's probably the most important part about a workbench. You can, you can hold a a panel on edge, you can hold stuff down flat. Um, so you can work surfaces, edges, ends, um, and it's a heavy duty, stable work platform. Um, I, you know, I, I started out making furniture with, with what I now know as an assembly table and, um, you can do a lot of stuff on an assembly table but there are some things you just can't do and uh trying to make an assembly table work as a workbench especially when you start getting into hand tools is really challenging but i was really pleased to find when i switched over to these french style benches um how great they are for power tools as well i mean just the options uh for work holding go through the roof so you know you know if you don't if you don't want to buy a bench build one that's sturdy put a leg vice in it and and go to work uh, you know it's uh, the leg vice completely revolutionized the way the leg vice and the hold fast were the two really big things that I gained by by building and using a traditional workbench uh, if anyone
1: out there has not used a proper workbench much like I don't use a proper workbench the the ability what you can do with a properly built bench is awesome, and M- mark, you make those for sure um, yeah the the like you said the work holding ability that's the it's you know I, I almost said responsiveness that's not the thing, but the fact that it's stable enough to take a beating and doesn't bounce mm-hmm. or bend or shake or wiggle you know that is that's what helps in the process of making things and woodworking, you know, it's, and you don't know until you've done it, that that is such a useful thing. It's yeah. easy to get by with what you've got again, like I've done, <laughs> but, uh, the, uh, the advantage of having something well-made is, is astounding.
0: I think a, a good bench is kind of like a truly sharp edge and that you don't appreciate what it does until you've used it.
2: That's brilliant. I'm going to, yep gonna take that. Go there you run go. with next, it. Next slogan. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll quote you, diami
0: Go for well, it. You, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll gladly offer a little blurb for your sales sheet on I'll the website. Andrei, I'll least. have
2: Andre Rubo on the front and diami yeah. on the back.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no. oh, two that would never meet in a dark alley. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, for hey, I've standard. I've been to Disneyland Paris. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, that's impressive. I've not. It's still open? Uh, is it? I don't know. I was there twenty years ago. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um. Anyway, any with with that, um, Sean. Yes, sir. What is going on in the community? So
1: get wordworking week. You remember that old guy? It's coming around every, you know, well, every year for the last few years. Um, we got contacted. From our good – well, so from Mike Morton, who is a good friend. Yeah, I was going to say, Morton's a good friend. Morton's a good friend. And Tom,
0: who's apparently wrapped up in this still, he's not gone, everybody. I think – truth be told, uh the sense I get is that Morton got back from Australia and kind of guilted Tom into it, which is a perfectly legitimate way to get Tom involved.
1: I agree with all of it. I mean there's no problem as far as I'm concerned. But anyway, Get Woodworking Week is – as in years gone by, um, a, a chance for
0: any content creator out there. Or to, even people who don't create content, just make in, something and share it with Morton, and he'll help share it and post it. We're just looking to to reveal to want to be woodworkers how it doesn't take much to be a woodworker.
1: Right, And it's and everyone that's watched a YouTube video on how to do something, or what or seen an Instagram photo or video or Facebook post about something being done um, as simple as it could be anything that is uh, you know that could possibly be the first few steps of of getting into woodworking this is what it's all about it's you know the roadblock that you found share it somebody else is gonna grow from
0: that learn from yep. that Basically, if you're listening to this, we're assuming that you're at least somewhat interested in woodworking. Yes. So if you go to okay. – uh, It's wood- in Yeah, it's in the show notes. but I think it's just woodworkingtooltips.com. Uh, I know he's got a longer URL than that. Yes. And is it being hosted by the, uh, the um, Highland Woodworking folk? Highland is a helping center. it. Okay. Um, They're Morton, slow- Morton's <laughs> af- affiliated with Highland. Uh, and I, you know, I, I will admit I'm not a lawyer and didn't do my due diligence before sharing this, but, um, (laughs) the, the, the iconography
1: of this particular year's version of it is undoubtedly Highland woodworking. If you look at it, if you're familiar with Highland, the burnt sienna tones, (laughs) 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 um, it like, I literally, I got the email and I went Highland. Like I, I, you know, and then I read it, it, it was like, yeah, and Highland Woodworking is is helping us out or something like that. So, um, mainly it's Morton. So yeah, follow the link in the in the show notes, and there's information there. They put a post up on Highland Woodworking's website. It's on their blog. Um, and share what you can, and if you don't even want to share, that's fine. But it this is going to be a place that you can look to find those
0: things that are shared. Right, and you know what? If you don't have a post about something that would be useful to a new woodworker or someone entering woodworking, then just share the fact that Get Woodworking Week is out there. Absolutely.
1: Hashtag Get Woodworking.
0: All right. It'll work. Trending. Let's make it trending. <laughs> I'll get right on that. <laughs> um, so once uh, once you're done sharing about woodworking. Um, there are a bunch of shows coming up. We've got, uh, I think the woodworking shows are still going around. Yep, they're um, still
2: coming. Do, do they go anywhere near you, Mark? Uh, I think they they come to St. Louis. I know that they they might come to Kansas City. Oh, okay, I've I've never been to one.
0: They, they're good now. <laughs> they, yes, they are. They are much better than they used to be. I there's one in, that comes to New Jersey. It's about about a forty five minute drive for me. So I I've been most years for the past. Decade or so, um, mm-hmm. and they are much better than they used to be. They are not, um, you know, one of these weekend long conferences that we've all been to. But that said, they are still absolutely worth going to, and you just have a nice time. Um, I was only able to make of like two or three hours this year, and it was well worth the the, sh- the trip trip out there. Um, so you, if you can't make St- it to one. I would say, you yeah. should. Mark, you miss St. Louis, but Kansas City is coming
1: up April eighth to tenth. Okay, so there's one somewhat in your area one more chance to go one more one more chance, but no, it's really i mean i I've gone to those shows off and on for the last ten years or so, and when they switched ownership and uh it, i I mean it, they changed venues in certain areas, but it it really improved, and it's a super mm-hmm. cool show. there's much more opportunity to sit down and get little. Short course seminars, you know, uh, from Andy Chidwick and the the
0: 360 guy. No longer with him,
1: okay. So, okay, that was two years ago mm. when I went, but you know, <laughs> I did. Um, it's they, they, well, they're, Chuck, they're keeping it. Go ahead, I
2: was gonna say Chuck Bender's there, Glenn Huey's there,
1: yeah, yeah, Mark Adams, yep. and, and, and have to and pay for
2: Mark Adams class. Oh, really. Yeah, yeah, I think he's on the list. Either way,
0: marks are are, okay. are paid programs, but still, you get you get a small room with Mark for a couple hours. I think I think it's a two hour class, um, and it, you just you grab these guys and get a chance to talk to them. It's a it's a smaller version of the weekend long conferences. Really, the point is that if you can make it to one, it's it's a good way to spend a, spend a day. It's a good um,
1: mixed marketplace. It's got a, some good stuff to look at. It's it's really if you're in the area, definitely you, you got to check them out.
0: No, you are you going to a a, a Lee Nielsen show, Sean? Sure. Maybe
1: and it's March 11th and 12th down in our well, I won't say favorite, our well liked town of Covington, Kentucky. Um, there's a couple things going on there. It's Lee Nielsen show, which I actually have never been to a Lee Nielsen show, which I think that'd be cool to see. I'm not necessarily going to wait, 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 wait.
0: I'm the one who doesn't use what? hand tools, and I've been to a Lee Nielsen show,
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean I've seen I've only seen Liam Nielsen at the WIA shows. Um but I've actually been asked to dinner with answer, Thomas
0: Lee Nielsen. How's that for name dropping?
1: Well man, you got me there, buddy. <laughs> I bow to you. Uh be <laughs> um I'm maybe that's a huge maybe. I've talked in years past, um Pop Wood has been part of that and obviously okay. the relationship between Megan and Chris. When Chris was there and all this other stuff. But um, I keep meaning to take my kids down there. I know they have fun and, and, and I always like looking at their stuff and talking to folk. Also, in that weekend, um, I think Chris Schwartz is showing his new storefront, which is in Covington, Kentucky. Um, mm-hmm. He moved Lost Art Press into a. Didn't he also like move his house? I don't know that he's living there yet. Maybe that's in the plans. I don't know.
2: Megan is not talking about it. I don't. I haven't seen anything like that oh, from any well, of his posts. Well, no, maybe
0: I'm just envisioning it. Then I thought I thought he had I said think, that, but I, I could be wrong. I
2: think he may he may wish yeah, to Meghan do that moved. in the future. I don't
0: think. No, I know Megan moved because I've uh, had far too many conversations about a roof.
2: It's the grand opening of the new Lost Art Press storefront. Yes. that same weekend, which and is they're about not they're not the, the same brewery. thing. No. no, the the, uh, the, show? the show is at, at a brewery, Oh, and uh, the Lost Art Press store is just down the street.
0: Okay, so if you're anywhere near Covington in March, go hit that up, and in May, we'll be at the Weekend with Wood conference, and then in September, back to Covington for Woodworking in America. A note, and this is months off,
1: but my brother decided to get married the same weekend at Woodworking in America. Really? Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So I might have to duck out Saturday morning, but I'll be <laughs> damned if I'm not there Thursday and Friday. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Advantage right. of me living close enough to drive. You know, like it's it's a four-hour drive, and that's fine. But that kind of put a wrench into my weekend plans. <laughs> but,
0: hey, he's family. I can't. I yeah, can't I've, do anything about I've it. I've had to stay back for children's birthdays and stuff. So I, I do appreciate that. Yeah, no, it's fine. That, that being said, uh, before we let you go and wrap this up, Mark, where can people find out more about you and the benches you make and the pictures you share and all that you do?
2: Uh, my website is plate11.com, and that's uh, two ones, not the word 11. And uh, I'm on Instagram as It.
1: All right. And yes, you do. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. Well, that
1: just about wraps us up for now. If you're missing us already, you can subscribe on the, to the show on iTunes. Just search for the Modern Woodworkers Association. Once you've subscribed, you'll be sure to not to miss uh, any exciting new episode. Uh, while you're on iTunes, please leave us a five star rating. That helps us rank up higher so people find us if they're looking for a woodworking
0: podcast. And if you want to find out more about the Modern Woodworkers Association, be sure to visit ModernWoodworkersAssociation.com. Follow the MWA on Twitter at, MW, excuse me, at MWA underscore national. There are very hard letters to say. <laughs> and like the MWA on Facebook or circle the Modern Woodworkers Association on Google+. And while you're there, join the MWA Google Plus community for project sharing, discussion, and loads of woodworking banter.
1: All right. And with that, I'm Sean Wisniewski of The Corner Workshop and at SeanW78 on Twitter
0: and other social medias. I am Diami Plotke of PenultimateWoodshop.com. And I am at Diami Plotke on the Twitter. That's D-Y-A-M-I-P-L-O-T-K-E. All right. Mark, thank you very much.
2: Thanks for having me on, guys. It was a lot of fun.
1: Awesome. So before we totally end this... Is there anything that you have upcoming that you want to pimp? Anything you want people to look out for? Or should we just watch your Instagram?
2: Uh, watch Instagram. We'll get those uh, get the new bench and the shave horse and the shave pony and the Chevrolets and all that stuff out in the next awesome. year, and that stuff will just happen when it happens. So <laughs> I can't give you any dates. <laughs> That's fine.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks again.
2: Thank you. They don't have
1: to be pretty to work.